0: Hey guys, it's your girl, Father Longlegs, you know me, Daddy T. This is another episode of Iconic Confessions, okay? Uh, I don't know why I said that so excited. I, by the way, when I do these replays, I know it sounds like I'm being lazy by not doing a new episode, but the reason is because I know, <laughs> that's part of it, I'm not going to lie, is sometimes it's nice to have a little break, but the reality, um, because everything is intentional, okay, I decided to do this because it's been four years of doing this podcast and. I um, realize we've gained a lot of new confidants and listeners, and um, even I have developed sort of like new heights in my friendships with some of the comedians that have been on, so I really wanted to highlight some of these conversations, um, and not just for, you know, my my friendships and my comedian friend's growth, but my own growth, um, and this episode is a great one to show that because... This week, I want to highlight the episode with Eli Goldsberg. It is one of the first episodes. number 17, which is pretty wild. Um, I remember when I recorded this, it felt like I had a lot of episodes under my belt. And now we are over, uh, we're almost at 150, uh, I believe. We'll hit that in a few Um few weeks, I think. I should probably look into that. But I'm very excited uh, to replay this episode. And just so you guys know, every time I do an Iconic Confession, I do go back and re-listen to the whole thing. I want it to be fresh. I want to make sure that I'm not getting cancelled. Just kidding. Um, Cancel me, daddy. The reality is I like to, it's sort of my way of like reading back old journal entries or, you know, just kind of like back in the day when we used to record our... You know, home videos on DV what is it, JVC cameras? Wow, I'm really dating myself. Um, hopefully, hopefully, I have a young audience who has no idea what I'm talking about. It's like going back through your old TikToks, okay? So, this episode is super wonderful because I actually am still very close with Eli. He was one of the, like, my bubble friends, I guess you should say, that I actually saw during the pandemic here and there, um, especially even in the height when I wasn't even, like, leaving my room really, um, when my sister and I lived together. And then, uh, when the bioluminescent waves appeared. Eli and I, we were the first people who broke quarantine for each other like during that time because that was when we were like, we, we wear masks and we go outside, let's do it, let's go see some waves. But I remember it very distinctly being like, oh my gosh, this is like, I wouldn't break this for anybody else. Um, so it's really cool to listen back because hearing our conversation back to myself, like we are the same people, but I now know so much more about him and myself In this episode I'm even talking about my um, experience of wanting to get my ADHD treatment and you know, as you guys know, uh, last week I had Zambarella on and we talked about that. I've come full circle on that and in terms of crying, I just put out this video. I didn't just record it, it was one of those OnlyFans um, paid videos that I decided to put out publicly, but if you haven't checked it out yet, I actually picked this Eli episode not only because it was just his birthday, Happy Birthday King, but because um, it's really related to all these themes I've been thinking about over the past few years. And I think judging based on the messages I've received and the chats we've had in Discord with the confidants, um, I think this is something that has bled through a lot of people's minds as well. So if you haven't watched the video, crying is not a sign of weakness. I think I made it funny. I hope, but it's it's a sort of a hybrid like video essay where I bring in some you know more in the cracked style that if you're used to watching me back in the day on cracked uh, kind of like a cracked rant where you know it's a mix of visuals, jokes, and some scientific facts and research uh, about why crying is actually scientifically healthy and a form of relief. So that is on my YouTube youtubecom Comedy. And uh, I don't really have a lot of huge announcements except to say that I am going on tour April 19th to May 2nd. I'll be going all the way from Chicago down to Atlanta, camping along the way. So hey, if you live anywhere near on the way, um, uh, let me know. I mean, I'm probably going to be camping, but I don't know. If you've got a warm bed and you're not uh, going to murder me, uh, <laughs> let me know. I, we could meet up or hang out or whatnot. Um, I'm going to be in Kentucky, Cincinnati, North Carolina, a couple cities, Asheville and Raleigh, and I'll be also, I might go to Durham, I'm not totally sure yet, if you're in Durham and you want me to stop by, let me know, and uh, I would also love to go to Nashville, have not confirmed that yet, and we'll also be going to, I'm totally missing one, Um, Richmond, yes, love Richmond, I'll be going back there, I love Richmond. Um, and then ending yeah, for a weekend at the Laughing School in Atlanta. And I will be posting ticket links and all that as they come through since a lot of these shows are run by separate individual or independent producers. You can find all the dates at twiselycomedy.com shows or go to my Instagram or, you know, just message me if you want to come. I'll make sure that you are, uh, you know, have all the information you need. Obviously, COVID safe, be vaccinated. i um, going to make sure all of the shows I do are safe. And if anything comes up in terms of you know, another surge or lockdown, Uh, we'll make sure we'll take care of you. So um, that's my announcements. Um, This is one of my favorite episodes. I really haven't listened to it back since the year we recorded it. So it was quite a nice little memory lane trip to listen to this conversation with me and Eli Oldsberg, a near and dear friend of mine, you know, co-host of Pod Is a Woman with me sneak preview secret tip what, what do you call it hot leak hot 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 off the press uh eli and i did record another episode of Pod as a woman i don't know when it's coming up but it is the final songs off of the um, last album positions that we never got to including the deluxe so you look out for that if you are an ariana grande fan if you're not i don't know maybe skip it because we really fangirl over ariana grande you can follow that Instagram at woman with two s's p-o-d-i-s-s-a woman a woman sorry <laughs> okay wow well, this is a long intro anyways enjoy this episode love you guys so much we'll be back next week with an all-new guest take care goodbye you can tell And this is You Can Tell Me Anything, the comedian, the comedian, the podcast where I have comedians confess something they've never told anyone. And the comedian I have today with me is a very good friend, very funny guy, Eli Olsberg.
1: Hello. Hi. Thank you for having us confess. Uh, I'm very happy to be I'm here. I'm so
0: excited to have you here. And just so you guys know, if you want to make a confession, we have a voicemail. It's 323-388-3521. Uh, We got some weird stuff this week.
1: (laughs) I know. Yeah, I'm really excited to hear what that when people are allowed to anonymously drop some stuff off. Uh, Yeah. I'm really excited to hear that.
0: Well, so sometimes people also email the email, which you can do. It's tellmeanythingpod at gmail.com. But I just want to play this. It's not a confession, but it's like a remix that someone made, and they left it on the voicemail with no, no introduction, no name, nothing. Is it hooked up if I play this? Okay, here we go. Whoops. Yeah, some dashboard is My confession. <laughs> a life of confession. My confession. Just when I thought I said was Oh, yeah, I got to get Usher in there. I <laughs> <got another
1: confession. laughs> if I could provide one note while this plays it's yeah. a little too on the nose. It's about too confessions. Much. Yeah. I, I think I told you this. Oh, wait till it's done. oh
0: this is almost that's it. And then uh, it just – and a very loud phone hang-up. And,
1: and Which makes it sound like they held up a rotary phone to a yeah. speaker and then hung it up. No
0: description. No signature.
1: That Dashboard line, I told you this off the air, but I think the on-air listeners deserve to hear this. They do. Say it again. Um, that line that he says is I believe how he came up with the ter- the name Dashboard, dashboard Confessional because this car is my confession.
0: I saw – I've seen Dashboard live – as an adult too many times.
1: I just saw him at the Palladium and <laughs> oh, really? He was so good. Let me know next time you go. I will. Oh, <laughs> I um, go to concerts more than my wallet would like me to. Mm. So I will tell you every concert I go to and I will not take it personal.
0: I drove down to, like I went down to see Dashboard and Third Eye Blind like 2015. I
1: remember that tour. I didn't in go. Yeah. Irvine.
0: Yeah. So like it got rained out the first time. I went down with my sister and it was like the worst day of my life because I was like in a long distance relationship and uh, we were breaking up. We didn't break up yet, but like, you know, when you know it's yeah. over, like oh, yeah. I just said, I kind of have like spidey sense. I think it's like the, I don't know. I don't think I'm psychic, but I think I'm a little bit intuitive.
1: Yeah. That's I was going to say. That's just good intuition. Yeah.
0: And I could yeah. just feel in the interaction, like in the time between texts. Something just fell off And then I kept being like Is everything okay? And like He was like It's fine But I was like Uh uh Something's wrong And I just like Started crying And then we were driving down It started raining and I was like, it's fine. I'm going to go to this concert. Everything's going to be fine. I'll just be able to, like, cry it out at the concert. Yeah, it'll be
1: cathartic. Yeah. Sure. But
0: then it got canceled because it was raining so much. There was mud everywhere.
1: Which never happens in California. No. That's like... Yeah, it was
0: during the drought, too. And then, so, that was, like, the worst day of that... Well, actually, that wasn't the worst day of that year. That was a really bad year. But it was the worst... It was a bad day. And then we went back, and it was fine. But, um, yeah, so, that was my dashboard. My I, last dashboard Dashboard. When,
1: well, he and I graduated from the same you know, university really florida his name is university. dashboard no. yeah, Great yeah, Chris call dashboard. <laughs> yeah no. i call him dashboard if i were to see him on the street i'd be like "Dash,
0: yeah, hey dash what up
1: <laughs> um <laughs> yeah he went to the same undergrad school that i went to which is florida atlantic university did you know him no, he was, he's way older than me. He's, oh, okay. Well, I yeah, shouldn't yeah. say way, but you know, he's got about a decade, I think, yeah. over me. And he, um.
0: Yeah, I think of him as young because he sings teen angsty songs, but I'm like, oh yeah, he was like a full man when I was a teen, so.
1: Yeah, and he, well, he was part of like, a, there was a local scene in South Florida that mm. consisted of him, Newfound Found Glory,
0: okay. Further
1: Seems Forever, which was the pre-dashboard band he was in. And uh, yeah, it's like a whole little That's scene such an there. angsty band name. I know, for Further
0: team. Seems Forever.
1: And boy, is it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well yeah that i mean dashboard is great i'm glad they included that in this remix but know. you know if you if you want to tell me who sent if you sent it and you want credit yeah let me know. yeah, don't let it don't I'll make a little let
1: it, clip yeah don't let it get sucked up by meme culture and just yeah. let anyone appropriate it
0: please send me more songs i love songs it's better than i i sometimes get weird messages to the email that i don't read and i won't but anyways uh so that that was a nice refreshing thing um I want to read an email, email Ooh. confession from an, a, a listener. This is relevant because I'm about to get my ADHD diagnosed testing on Monday.
1: Like the results?
0: No, I have to go in. I've talked about this on the podcast, which is probably why this listener is confessing this. But I, um, it, as an adult to get a diagnosis, it's a two-part thing. You go to a psychiatrist, they make you answer questions, and then they recommend you for this computer test, which takes like three hours. I think it's computer. They, they were like, we're going to hook your brain up and like measure the waves or something.
1: Oh, I see. I picked When I pictured a computer test, I pictured like oh, if like I sit there and answer questions. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, anyone would have ADHD for <laughs> three hours to do that.
0: Right. It's just the SATs. Um, <laughs> no, it's – yeah. So I'm doing that Monday. I had to be off weed for – like, I have a legal card, but I have to be, had to be off for three months. It's so really legal decided. now in California. It is legal, completely. yes. Completely, yeah. That's
1: true. We were just talking about this before the pod started. I might be getting back in the pot. We'll see. Ooh,
0: yeah, 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 baby. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we're so cool.
0: Um, okay, here is this confession. Uh, it's called ADHD. Hi, Teresa. So my confession has to do with ADHD, and it was spurred by you talking about your upcoming ADHD test to check check you for it. So obviously laws vary by state to state, and in New Hampshire where I live, the test consists of a short written test and a short questionnaire with my primary care doctor. Maybe they pulled info from my therapist or something to supplement the little bit of data I gave them, but I don't know why. All they did was send me to the other doctor that can prescribe such medications, and I was prescribed Concerta within 20 minutes. So the actual confession, I do believe I have ADHD, but I was so blown away by how easy it was to be prescribed such controlled medication that I sort of just lied to the doctor and said I barely noticed the effects, wasn't helping much until he eventually upped me to 72 mg's per day as two 36 mg pills each morning. Eventually it stopped giving me what I wanted. I can admit that while it helped with ADHD, I also was clearly after a little high. And I've also been recommended to stop taking it because of high blood pressure. Anyways, I told my dog, yeah, I don't notice Concerta much at all anymore. I can't focus at all these days. True statements. In less than five minutes, I was written a prescription for Adderall. I have abused Adderall before. (sighs) My confession is that I'm torn between lying when I see him again and saying I notice it but barely because I know he'll bump it up and up just like before, or being honest and saying I don't notice it because I abuse it, or at least not lie to get a stronger dose. Anyway, sorry about my sentence structure, a plethora of commas, and everything else. Please don't use my real name if you share this confession, please, and thank you since it's at least legally gray, if not outright illegal.
1: Is it illegal, though? It's being prescribed? Well, It's
0: not illegal. It's illegal to abuse it. Uh, of course, I won't say his name, but also I think this is – Very interesting one because it's sort of like someone who actually needs help. Yeah. And he's kind of like caught between like – he's aware of his addiction but also not able to fix it. But also the people that can fix it are not helping. So That sounds
1: really common with prescription medication. Probably. Yeah. I get the feeling that like most people know that they need just the amount to stay normal or whatever it is that keeps them leveled. And Mm -hmm. then when they're like – Oh, but this also has the side effect of making me feel good. Why wouldn't you tell the doctor, like, yeah, let's pump up the volume or pump up the val? Okay, the valley That's yeah. a no effects album, and uh, I'm not. A, I, that was just wordplay. I'm not even a huge fan, but I just was like, mm, okay.
0: Well, like, I have a friend who has ADHD and it's been diagnosed in childhood. And so she takes Adderall. But also, when we go out, she'll, when we in college, I don't think she does this anymore, but she used to be like, okay, everyone, here's some Addy. And she'd like pass it out. So I'm like, that's a gray area because it's like she needs it, but she, yeah. like, none of these people need it. Uh. And sh- But she would take it also to just stay up late to party. But, right. So I don't know. But I also think if you actually have ADHD, it won't. You shouldn't have those high effects, unless I guess if you have a, so much of it, maybe. But like I've taken Adderall and Ritalin, and it doesn't get me high, and that's how I know I have ADHD.
1: Interesting. See, I couldn't. I couldn't even begin to tell you. I'm terrified of prescription meds. Like yeah. I, I. But I was raised in a very like new agey household in that mm. sense. Like, and I don't know. I, I've thought for a while. I'm like, maybe I have some kind of. I mean, I cut off my own sentences. I don't. I when I'm talking, like I won't even finish a thought.
0: You could have it. A lot of artistic, creative people have it. If it doesn't affect or hinder you... Uh, then it's okay. I think this is the thing about us thinking that everything has to be fixed. Right. In society, it's like well, people are flawed. But uh, I, for mo- for myself, I lived a long time with it, and I was able to obviously get this far. But I started really do- feeling uh, emotionally drained because ADHD also affects your me- like emotional mm-hmm. uh, moods. And so for me, as I got older, it was harder to control. So that's why I'm like trying to figure out if there's like a treatment right. for myself. But
1: right, well, because it's also like. I don't know. I, I feel like um, – I agree with that where it's like I, – and I think people are just now starting to realize that where it's mm-hmm. like it's not necessarily a question that needs an answer in terms or, – or I should say it's a problem that doesn't necessarily need a solution yeah. like in terms of like if you have it and it's manageable – then that's fine or if it's something that you do you know if there's some issue you have but you can survive with it that's most of what life is
0: yeah there's no magic button that will make everything okay so even if I fix this I mean it's not like suddenly I'm gonna like ascend into the heavens like I fix my life like
1: maybe I don't know maybe you'll pop that pill the next day there'll be a contract waiting for you that's like here's your 12 episode order
0: yeah I mean I did buy a new crystal so
1: see that that's a good solution you know I'm all for that
0: yeah please buy more rocks um, uh, well, I also like to start every episode before we get into the heavy stuff by asking my guests for a good confession to help the listeners get to know you better. Do you have something good you want to confess?
1: Um, yeah. I. So this week, I'm going to bump it back to the crystals and the astrology oh, okay. for a second. I kind of did like, in well, so the day we're recording this is the day of the eclipse yes. in Aquarius. In Aquarius.
0: And that's your sign.
1: That's my sun and moon. Wow. And I was like, okay, I'm going to make a list of things in my life that like I kind of had to start keeping track. The, the point of this is supposed to be like more about letting go, but I also mm-hmm. made a point to make a laundry list of things that I was like happy about and grateful for, and things that oh, I that's did. Nice. Yeah, and it was like I realized it made me go back to how I'm going to approach doing things creatively in the future, which is mm-hmm. any form of success I've reached, e- even if there's been help from other from people. I don't want to undermine that and say that you shouldn't work with other people, but also like some of the more notable things I Mm -hmm. worked really hard on on my – like I I got myself there. And I didn't realize that prior to making this list. Like I was like – I thought I was like, well, I'm like – because I was kind of trying to put my value as a person.
0: What's one of them that you're proud of?
1: Um, That I started – well, that I was – I was – of my group of friends, I was actually the first one. To I move. can
0: sense you're already getting nervous bragging. The whole point of this is to be yeah. – to brag about yourself.
1: Well, no. I was trying to pick – actually, uh, I'm fully conceited about this. Uh, like okay. I'm fully getting uh, – well, my first one was when I was I, – I didn't realize this until um, I saw it on – I think it popped up. I hate Facebook, but it, it, I still go on it a couple uh-huh. times a day, just like all of us. And uh, I found um, one of the memories feature was I was the first of my friends to actually move to L.A. Wow.
0: That's yeah, big. Completely so you by the, myself. You took the dive and people joined you. You were the guinea pig.
1: Yes. Yeah. And so that was, I think, the biggest one for me. Um, another one, well, when I started like working on going on the road and stuff, mm-hmm. like I – also kind of went I I've talked about this before, but like I opened for bands mm-hmm. and that for a while. For a wasn't, warp tour. Yeah, I did that. It's ten, huge. I was the only person on that entire tour that did the whole run actually, no, I'm sorry, that's not true. I did the entire run with another comic. Mm-hmm. But I even on the days I was sick, he actually had to go to the ER for one night. Um I actually too much Adderall. Too much yeah, we <laughs> were having too much fun. And uh that's the only year they did the tent. And I did every single show. I didn't cancel one.
0: That's so great.
1: Yeah, so that's a weird – it's like – I don't know. That's more of like to me almost a – it's not a brag so much as like a – just it's very self-satisfactory. It's a, it is, and, right? and
0: I think so much of our society tells us to be humble because I, I think humility is a really good trait to have yes. all the time, of course, like as a standard, but then like it's also okay to be, look back and reflect and be like, I did this thing I'm proud of. And uh, and especially in comedy when we're so I. By by social media, it does feel weird to brag because it's like, you know, like if, when you get something, somebody else wanted right. it. Right. And so that's why I'm always – I try to do this because I'm like, I, it's nice to no, just be I think, like – No, I
1: think it's great because I thought back on it too and I was like, oh, I did it. And not only that, it's like all the elements – are against you on, mm-hmm. on something like that. You had to, we had to perform twice a day yeah. in 100 degree weather wow. outside on the tent and our competition. On a skateboard. Was, yeah, on a skateboard and a half pipe. <laughs> um, and it's really hard to do a setup and punch from top to bottom. <laughs> and uh, on top of that, like competing with loud music and people walking by and not knowing, like, why should they give you. They're mostly in the tent for shade. Right both the physical and And also the yes yes, exactly yeah (laughs) yep they're taking in shade and throwing it back Uh out (laughs) and uh yeah so i was like oh cool i got that through that the whole summer because it wasn't it's not a bad experience for anybody i don't think who was on the tour but it just was it was very different and very hard so yeah that's really cool yeah thank you so that's i guess that's my brag i i have other i like actually made like i was going through all of them i'm like which one do
0: I start with? <laughs> so many brags. Hit well, him it, up on social media. Yeah, he, please. he DM your
1: – I'll brag back at he, you. Yeah, you yeah. will
0: DM you. He has brags.
1: It's all part of the uh, the Astro stuff.
0: The, oh, yeah. It's your, is it Aquarius? No. Aquarius is – when is the season of Aquarius?
1: Oh, Aquarius season January? is – January? Late January okay. into late February.
0: So. I'm starting to know more of the sign this year. Like I used to just know mine and then like two of my exes. And now I feel like I'm like I'm, – I was like, it's Leo season. Like, and you're, like yeah, I know, yeah,
1: yeah, and you, and knowing what That's, those seasons mean is yes. the next step. That's where I'm starting to study up on.
0: Yeah, I just learned what a moon sign was this year, <laughs> and it made so much sense because I'm it's... a. I don't I feel like I'm going to lose so many of you guys on this, but <laughs> I'm a Virgo moon, and I didn't know that, and I was like, this makes a lot of sense because Virgos are really attention to detail and yes. love lists and Excel, and I'm like, this is why because I was like
1: mm-hmm.
0: identifying as a Scorpio, but Scorpios are all just like deep and like obsessive, and I was like, yeah, I guess, I guess Excel is obsessive, but the Virgo part actually explains that.
1: Yeah, there's a similar there. I think there's crossover there, though. I, yeah, I hope <laughs> we're not losing too many people here. But uh, yeah, I think there's some. My crossover confession there. is, I
0: love astrology, but I, mean, I feel like people know that I like this stuff. Yeah, if you listen to this, you've. Heard this of... is,
1: we bonded over this. We did, this yeah. We kind of Eli to... and I
0: did a festival uh in atlanta, in atlanta. Mm-hmm. and we we both uh got in we talked about astrology both didn't drink the entire time so mm-hmm, we ate mm-hmm. a lot of cookies yeah. and talked about the stars
1: that's exactly what happened. that is a very faithful recreation right of what happened. We went so to la insomnia cookies <laughs> in atlanta in the middle of the night and just talked astro yeah for quite a
0: while Uh, Well, speaking of talking, is there anything you'd like to tell me today?
1: Sure. I will confess that I have a very interesting relationship. I don't know if interesting is the right word, actually. This was the part I couldn't articulate. But I have an interesting relationship with crying. Oh. Yes. I don't – up until now, I'm very comfortable doing it completely Mm -hmm. regardless of the situation. But it used to be a very controlled thing I had to do. I couldn't just do it in front of anybody, even if Mm -hmm. the situation called for it um
0: like in an audition
1: and if only maybe i I bet i could turn it on there if it was like something where i'm just supposed to be really sad i remember like
0: you're never supposed to be anything
1: that's true yeah but 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 in a situation where where i'm sad and that usually is associated with like crying even like at at home by myself i couldn't direct that emotion even though i could feel like i wanted to or i was Uh like for a while i was like am i broken am i not am i supposed to am i like insane
0: how young were you
1: well this was or most do you?
0: Uh, when the, I guess how young were you when you remember starting to feel this way
1: so when I was a, a, a I believe how old was I exactly I would say it's around six or seven years old I, okay. I so I grew up in a single parent household and I have a mm-hmm. sister who's ten years older than me so she was essentially like a second mom for me but she was still in high school at the time and so I, I my mom still had to get babysitters. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was a family that babysat me. And so just to give more background for your listeners, I'm half Spanish. And so I grew up speaking Spanish first and started learning English at the same time. But my first words are in Spanish. OK. And then my my mom would send me to Spanish like the, our babysitter. My babysitter was a Spanish family. Uh huh. And they would call me Joron, which is crybaby in Spanish, because apparently I was crying a lot. Like I would Aww. trip, I'd cry. I'd do something, I'd cry. And and so I started picking up a connotation that I wasn't supposed to do that if I didn't want to be called oh. that name. Yeah. And um, and at the same time, I also had another friend who, at the time, I remember we both got in a fight and started crying, and, and his brother broke it up and was like, you guys aren't supposed to cry. Uh, you know, big, <laughs> haven't you ever – big boys don't cry men don't cry just
0: imagine two boys like fighting like and then just both they like Way! yeah
1: <laughs> not too far off there was like a lot of it. I remember at one point it turned into like hand slapping oh that's one thing I remember about it and um when he broke it up he was like yeah you're not supposed to cry. and and then they kept telling us both a few times they were like yeah you're you guys are you guys want to grow up and be strong boys then don't cry and this is like this is almost like Freud 101 I feel like right. but uh-huh. it did put that in my head and so for a a while i was able to avoid i think the only times i'd cried if, is if like i don't know if if i hurt myself like bad physical enough pain. yeah yes exactly because i do remember there was a situation where and i still have the injury to this date um there was a bike handle hit my rib cage Ouch. between two ribs and it made the bottom one protrude Ooh. but it, it hurt so oh. much yeah it like took forever to heal there's still like a small protrusion there if like if if it's touched, you can feel it. You're like, oh, this seems – because you don't see it sticking out. But then if you're, like, running your hand across it, you can totally was feel some, it.
0: Was someone rode their bike into you or it was like, a loose bike? No, handle?
1: it was a – um, it was neither. It was actually a, <sighs> at a daycare center. Aww. They have, like, the set of um, tricycles that were connected, like, where you pedal and they all move. Oh, like, okay. almost like a merry-go-round, but as ah. bikes. And – I tripped and fell into one. It was almost like oh, uh, you fell into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I. It just it's hard to explain that way in like any short sure. version. It's almost like a Charlie Chaplin accident. <laughs> and um, so, like with stuff like that, I cried. I remember one time I almost I almost drowned in the ocean, and that like I cried after that. And like well, it's you know, convenient
0: because you can't see your tears in the ocean. Exactly. So. Yeah,
1: they blend in. And at five and in fifth grade, that's <laughs> or taste um, them. It taste them. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's, all, it's all salty water. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Um, and so, and then I remember. It started coming out in weird ways. Like, I remember there was a situation when I was in sixth grade. I don't remember the specifics about it, but I had something emotional where I remember I felt really upset, like I wanted to cry, but I couldn't. And then the next day at school, somebody bumped into me and I fell down. And as I'm 11 or 12 at this point, so this does not hurt when I hit the ground. Uh I know it didn't hurt, but I still started crying.
0: So it just was like you couldn't contain it anymore and it all...
1: Right, but that's what pushed it. What
0: What did the person do when you started crying?
1: They – well, they – I don't even think they realized – I didn't start crying immediately. I think the person was like, oh, sorry, and then they left. They, like, they didn't even – yeah, okay. yeah I didn't even – yeah, I was just like, it's all right from far away. <sighs> I, it was something like that where I reacted very – but then I remember even my two of my friends couldn't believe that I was crying. Did you that. feel
0: connected to the tears in that moment or did it just come and you were like, I don't know why I'm crying? Or did it feel like you were – you know, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's like a genuine – like when you're in a cry and you're sad versus like – these tears I know, just I, I know exactly
1: what you mean. Yeah, it's – I don't think – I don't know if I could go back and check in with – because it was so mm-hmm. young that I don't know. I My guess is looking back, I think it was just me holding it, – it finally was just like, all right, this has to come out it one way or say, another. Yeah. And so it that happened a few times when I was in middle school, I remember, where something would happen and then – Um, And then I I felt nothing about it at the time. Or I would still feel the emotion, but it was, like, very internalized. Mm -hmm. And then, like, a a couple days later, it would rear its head that way.
0: I've had that happen before where I don't cry for a while and then I will wake up crying. Like – like oh. in my sleep. It's almost like my body's like, Well, if we get her when she's half awake. Yeah, yeah. Now like, we can re- I'll literally wake up and I'll <laughs> just be like tears running down my face. And I'm like, what the fuck wow. is happening? It's
1: almost like it's a, like you're like, you're like, how do I stop the how do I stop the leakage? Yeah. Is it's it like, like your like, body like, Where is like, the... Well,
0: we gotta get let's drain drain yeah, it. Drain oh her. Oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> 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 I and that that has never happened to me, but but I remember up until a few years ago, um, I don't know what clicked at that point, but I mean, the the times I never had this this problem, I will say, is if there's someone I was ever comfortable enough around mm-hmm. that I could not do including that enough
0: yourself because you were saying you're not comfortable crying. Correct.
1: Yeah. Alone. Yeah. Exactly. But I I guess family members that that wasn't an issue because I remember one time I got in a I was like in college and I got in my and I got in a fight on the phone with my mom over something and I ended up crying because mm-hmm. of it and I apologized at the end and was like really sad and and then uh I don't know I didn't like. It was a strange thing because I remember I was like, oh well, that was the proper emotion at the time, you know. It was just like a typical argument, but yeah. but it still stirred enough of an emotion for me to get upset. Um, I remember at the time it had something to do with me moving out of South Florida, and it was something that like ended up being in the way. So I was like, I'm going to be trapped in this town forever.
0: Do you tend to make a lot of jump to conclusions, like because I I feel like what things that make me cry often are when like one little thing goes wrong, and then. It spirals in my mind, like if this happens and this will happen and this will happen and everything's ruined.
1: Oh, that's interesting. For me, that doesn't. It, I can definitely go there mentally. It's uh-huh. not a problem. I can definitely panic off it, <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't drive me to tears. What What would more makes me cry is usually if. Well, what's interesting is the way to equate it for me is if it, the type of if it's the type of pain that feels, like hopeless hmm. there has to be like a hopelessness it's to it
0: a, nothing you can do about it
1: right right exactly yeah like it's something that's so out of my control and also i, I have to feel like very fatalistic about it in that sense
0: well let's talk about the control thing because i think that's the part that i struggle with a lot that i've had to try to cope or the a lot of the th- uh a lot of the things i've tried to use in my life to cope like drinking or whatever uh-huh. have come out of a place of needing control. Sure that's and,
1: I think that's pretty common, right?
0: yeah, and I so the the crying thing sometimes is it um when you say you don't feel like you have control, like can you give me an example of like a situation,
1: sure, yeah, yeah, I remember I mean, well, when something so what's interesting with say let's let's say with comedy, it doesn't happen mm-hmm. with comedy, it's pretty it, it'll just turn more into anger. Sure. or 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 just which is
0: a secondary emotion
1: exactly yeah so if it's not anger it can also be depression um but it, but it, but a depression about that situation not like a i i don't think i think if i i don't think i would be diagnosed with depression um if i if i were to go see like a psychiatrist um probably i mean the most immediate thing i could think of are breakups Okay. Those are things you can't change, even if you want them to. The the way certain situations happen in relationships, you just can't change. You've
0: passed a point of no return.
1: Yes, and I remember. So last year, um, this is a story I've told a fair amount recently, but I don't know if we've talked about it in regards to um, going to my dad's grave for the first time. Did we talk about that? I don't think so. Okay. So um, my father died when I was very young. My Mm -hmm. mom to the point he was five when I died, but he had left the house when I was two and a half. Okay, and I didn't learn this until last year because and the thing that spurned all this was me wanting to go visit his grave because I knew he died out here. Okay. Even though I'm originally from South Florida, and so when I found out the whole story, which is that like. My dad. Basically, what I found out, and, my, and this was also news to my mother, is that in the two and a half years that my dad was absent, they they split. Like it was in a. He didn't just leave. He didn't uh-huh. peace out. He they made an agreement that they he had to leave because there was a lot. Yeah, but there was it's because there was a lot of shit on his end that he needed to go take care of in mm-hmm. regards to an ex-wife, hmm. and because uh, my dad was also sterile, he okay. was in the Vietnam War. A grenade. I promise. I'm sorry. This is like such a long setup. But it's, oh no, that's right. Oh okay. It's for so. He was in the Vietnam War. A grenade exploded close to him and rendered him sterile. Technically, he had no living babies in his, you know, there. And so he took a test. My mom has the test It says he's 99.9% sterile. And then suddenly my mom's pregnant with me.
0: Oh, and they're you're like you're a miracle baby
1: that's 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 the word that's the word <laughs> on the block um which also creates an insane i know there's a weird way to put it but it, that creates like survivor's guilt okay in a weird way not because i was the only surviving the
0: hundreds of thousands of sperm yeah, that, that I, were blown no, up ju- in just, the vietnam war i don't even know if,
1: yeah it's like i just feel this pressure <laughs> to like it's like well if, if technically if if i made if i beat the odds here then I think I have to do something Everybody
0: who is born beats the odds, though. There's so many sperms who are That's trying true. to get into an egg. I never
1: thought of it that way. Yeah. And it's, it, and it's interesting that people don't think of it that way. They're always just like, well, I mean, he especially wasn't supposed to have kids, so this is a special Even year. more, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, And so...
0: Or he was supposed to have you.
1: Yeah. Depends on... I How get, you look yes, at this it. this is yeah. some glass <laughs> half-full shit, and I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, So... He – yeah, He had, so there was an issue where he had to take a paternity test because his other people in his life suggested otherwise sure. of my mom, which is very insulting. And uh, also me and my dad look exactly alike. Um, I've seen pictures. We are de- y- like – Yeah, he would look
0: like a baby, a newborn baby. Yes, exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah. He looked like a six-month-old. Uh-huh. And um, so only for the first five months we didn't look alike. <laughs> and after that it was, whew. um And so – I learned a lot more about him after that. My mom, like, kind of filled in the blanks. But then I had to, like, reach out to some family and mm-hmm. people that were, like, that I didn't know very well. And it turned out that that two-and-a-half-year gap, my dad was in prison Whoa. for forgery. Like, Leo DiCaprio in Catch Me If You Can style, apparently. Wow. He w- was living in a halfway house when he – well, he he had finally, I believe, moved into a house this last year of being alive. But he had, like, gotten sober. He had like a He had, like, a huge problem and – he bought a motorcycle on the morning of his death and died riding that motorcycle wow. four hours later.
0: Oh my god.
1: In front of a coffee bean that I used to frequent. Wow. It's insane. The That's the, crazy. the coffee bean by the ten in La Cienega. And he was pretty got chills. Yeah, it's it well, I still I've told the story quite a few times now oh. and I still um I don't mean on podcasts, I just mean <laughs> to friends. Um
0: Yeah, get the fuck out yeah, of yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry I'm I'm erasing drink. all of that. <laughs>
1: Um, and I, I, every time I tell it, I still get blown away by that part yeah. I'm like, whoa, this is weird. Anytime I go to like the West side, I stop at that coffee bean. If I go to like LAX, I stop at that coffee bean.
0: Do you, uh, are you religious? Like, what's your take Or what do you, what do you think Ooh, about God?
1: I'm going to answer that in one second before I get to, I just didn't okay. want to forget my, the reason I brought that up was, but when I've learned that part about him, how he died yeah. that made me cry uncontrollably up until that point this was like a research project it was sure. just like fascinating because I, I have no tangible memory of him yeah I, I just have pictures of us together and stuff like and so i you know there's no i've never i remember someone in high school tried to make tried to make something like a disparaging remark knowing that my dad was dead thinking that would get to me and it and did not like, work well, i was like i, don't know. I was like yeah I was like hey he died. yeah he did die it was a shame uh like i forget what they said but you know they tried to take this and it and it didn't work Kids um, are so mean. Kids are mean. They don't know any better. But that's why they <laughs> And
0: But he probably, the kid making that joke probably had an insecurity. And that's why they were lashing out to oh, you. Oh, for sure.
1: He was probably in an insane amount of pain. Probably still is. I'll go ahead and wager. Because <laughs> uh, he, he, he was a real piece of work. Yeah. Um, but uh, to answer your question that you just asked, I am not religious at all. I, I'm as s- not connected. Well, so my dad's Jewish. My dad's uh-huh. side of the family. And I'm very non-practicing. Um, and my mom's side of the family is Catholic don't not into it either so um
0: but you do kind of believe in like universe and a higher meaning right because you're into astrology correct in terms i I guess the reason i bring that up i'm curious about like like the idea of coincidences or discovering things like the coffee bean and your dad um you know being right in front of it like how does that process for you is it just like, (sighs) like well that was random or did it Did it kind of – it sounded like maybe it processed in a way where it, like, gave it meaning?
1: It did. Yeah, absolutely. Well, because, like, I – I mean, look, I could have lived anywhere. Mm -hmm. So uh, in terms of coincidences and those kinds of things, I I used to really think I was like, well, life is just this meaningless thing and we're we're holding on to whatever we can to attach meaning to it. And that's the beautiful part about it. That's what I used to think. I used to have this, like, Uh real existential plane about it where I'm like as much as we think things don't happen for a reason – they really don't it's random but it's but it's overwhelming that that coincidence can exist that's what i used to think sure. now i i do think those things i do think there's a a set of projected things i still think everything's free will but i think there's a set of projected things that'll still make their way to you and that's why astrology versus like say religion is more why I'm buying what they're selling more because yeah. you can put math to it. You can put science to it.
0: Sure. And I think oh, – yeah, and it's it's less human because even though like God isn't human, our idea of God is a, 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 not a man but like the idea – entity right. deciding something as opposed to everything working together for just like a collective.
1: Yes. I agree wholeheartedly. And I think that it's crazy that people think that there's like one person who's made made a bunch of decisions – And then would give free will to oppose those decisions, just to see if, like, like that's S and M, like you know what I mean? That's like a weird thing where he's like, "We're all
0: just subs." Yeah, we're all just yeah, yeah. He's just been
1: cucking us this whole time, (laughs) just to see if we'll, if we'll try and you know. Cuck and, him. Yeah, and
0: then when you die is when you come.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's the ultimate release, I that's suppose.
0: Probably that's why. What? you lose? Uh, what's twenty one grams or something? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You're born, born. That's, and that's your jizz. You, that's yeah. your soul.
0: Your soul jizz.
1: <laughs> I've always wondered the weight of my jizz, and now <laughs> I know what the weight of my jizz is.
0: Um, <laughs> well, I, I used to be very nihilistic, but lately, because I look for and some of this though, like you could say. As you get older, you see more coincidences because you live longer. Yes. So there's more, um, there's more material to, like, call back, right? And, and
1: yes, absolutely. And you're more open to things.
0: Sure, but also just like even by nature of like what is a coincidence? It's a pattern you recognize um, that connects to something that's already happened yes. that has meaning for you, right? Yes. So the longer you live, the more things are potential um, become potential to then be recalled and then be like, oh, that was the guy I saw at the grocery store yesterday. But then you're like, now I've gone to the grocery store like 4,000 times as opposed to 200. So there's way more people I've seen at grocery stores. So if I just see one again and something happens with him, I'll think... The universe ordained me to talk to this man because
1: it's probability versus possibility. You yeah. know what I mean. And then also, I think that people, um, I think when you're younger, there's a lot more posturing going on about mm. being like, "Well, that's, it's all just coincidence." Um, I would say I, I could be, a, I've been guilty of that before. Like, like just being like, "Yeah, well, you know, it happened that way, and that's just who cares?" Yeah, you know? nothing means it's, that. I think. Nothing means that exactly. And so, and don't get me wrong. There's still part. I think we all still partly believe that. Like, if you've ever had that thought. But I think you just become more gentle about it as you get older because you also have to be like good to yourself.
0: Yeah. Well, I think all things do mean something. I used to, as a child, believe that whatever you believe is true. And I still kind of believe that because – and it sounds so dumb because it's like, well, everything?
1: I don't think so. I think it's i think it's totally I, – I think you're just taking – you don't have with, – with kid brain, you're like, anything's possible. You know, there's like yeah. this optimism to it. And now I think there's just more of like a – it's somehow more grounded when you're but older. We
0: don't have to all exist in the same plane. That's the truth. I mean, that's the truth because I think – there's a world where, not to get too deep into like afterlife, but like there's a world where, because that's an argument people have, like, well, what happens when you die and we don't know and blah, yeah. blah, 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 and That's the basis of a lot of religions. And a lot of people live their life philosophy based on how they think um, their death is going to go, yes. right? Because they want it to go to heaven or mm-hmm. whatever. They want to be saved. But I think that all of those can be true because death might not, or afterlife might not be like one linear place. We Just because... You believe in heaven doesn't mean and the next person doesn't doesn't mean they're going to hell like in your world you could go to heaven because the brain is full of, okay this is like i'm not even high but it's <laughs> full of chemicals right if you die and your brain like gives you the stimulation that thinks you're in heaven yeah with all the people that you believe would be in heaven and all the people you believe would be mm-hmm. in hell that's true for you but then the right. people who don't believe in it could also just go away into a place that where yes. there's not in hell. Like, like y- just because you see a person in hell doesn't mean that person sees themselves. In That's hell. kind
1: of like the cosmic joke. Is that I think that people, I think you know, there's like all these studies about like we're only using a fraction of our brain. You yeah. know, like there's only like a, a small percentage of our brain we're actually using consciously. And I think what happens when you die, your brain, you're releasing so much. I think that you that's the moment you probably can access every single part of your brain. And it's also, or I think you just get more access to that as you get older too, which is why I think some people get better at forgiving, letting go, or, you know, those kinds of things. Because those are, you know, most of what our life is, is, trying to get over previous traumas
0: right and you can't access your entire brain it's like using a computer you don't want to use the entire yeah exactly there's no room for it
1: also i feel like it would be a lot it would be so overwhelming i think i think the which is why i think most people who are very you never hear a story about a person who's super smart and there wasn't some form of suffering attached to it sure you know and i think that's part of it i think it's just like the more you know it's it's obviously for the better but it can also i'm sure
0: it hurts it can hurt you especially if people around you don't know and you can't teach them yes if you can't teach them i I think if you can teach them then there's something rewarding and um, passing on your knowledge but if you can't then it's like a hell to know something that nobody knows which is related to this podcast The idea of like having a secret i think is is such a burden yeah
1: it is it absolutely is and it's a weird thing because it like I don't know. We're we're in this weird phase of our existence with social media and all that. I don't want to become one of those guys. Well, social media is a problem. And, you know, but I mean, I, obviously we all know it's fucking the worst. But also like it's also connect people and creates a lot yeah. of change. And I don't so, think
0: it's the problem, but I think it causes problems. But I also think.
1: Right. That's actually how I was. A, oh, sure. Perfect. That's what, yeah. That's that's exactly right. I mean, it's just it's hard right now because it's you go on there and it's just like a, a barrage of bummers. Sure but at the same time i don't know I, I yeah i didn't want to stray too far into that cuz i always feel like that's a rabbit hole
0: yeah but well but that has a good point i mean cuz i mean it's related to you talking about crying like how do you control like there's so many sad things and the longer you live the more sad things happen to you like how do you control your day so you're not just constantly crying like yeah. you need to and, give yourself some liberty to cry and feel but also you got to like put it down sometimes
1: but that yeah and with social media that makes me question a lot of people posting because there's this you know there's this i don't know it's like there's no middle ground on there it's either you're posting something that makes it look like you're thriving or you're doing a, a like a confessional on there about a lifelong struggle yeah and i think i think both are valid that's not to say they both shouldn't be happening on there because I right. think it makes people feel less alone and it also can cheer people up but at the same time uh you like I don't think we we'll we'll see it so much that we forget to disassociate and remember that there's stuff happening between that.
0: That's true because it's boring to just be like I'm living.
1: Right, right. Well, yeah, and it also feels I don't know. It can I, I, when I see some people, I'm like, have you have you ever had a problem in your <laughs> life? Like, how good right. is life right now for you? You know, and then most I think most people are starting to catch on that we're these are moments. Sure. And that's and that you know moments are just that they're a moment and they don't last too long and they're sometimes they're not too short
0: well I mean a lot of people for example don't show themselves crying because like that's a private thing and nobody thinks they look good when they cry right but that's the thing that everybody does probably Mm -hmm. I mean everyone does a a different amount of times, but I feel like a lot. I cry every day and I'm mostly (laughs) not posting about it sometimes I will though because sometimes I think it's funny like every once in a while I'll listen to La Miz and it just it always makes me cry (laughs) and then I'll just post myself crying to their soundtrack or something but (laughs)
1: that's (laughs) spectacular but (laughs) That's 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 a release those are all, still, to it me, is, crying yeah. is a release, and, and it's a release that I, like, finally learned to use a few years ago more, like, properly.
0: How often do you cry?
1: Um, Not super often. It just depends on, I guess, what's going on in my life. So, like, n- what was interesting was about two years ago, I got – I didn't cry very often, but, like, I don't know, here and there. like every it, it, Something would have to trigger it. I would have to watch it. Mostly – um movies.
0: So you try to get there. So yes. That you could... well,
1: well, if I could feel no 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 I don't it's not it's not like I'm looking for a hit. You know what I mean? Where I'm like, I'm like, where's the drug? What's if... the but like, you know, I'll it's just if I know I'm feeling sad mm-hmm. and then I see something or I, I could I had to stay away from listening to certain podcasts for a little bit for oh, that really? reason. Yeah, because if someone would talk a, like a like special... triggering thing. Yes, exactly. Okay. So I remember so going back to like say with my dad, I remember Learning about him the way he died, I was like, this is just so sad because I feel like this is the ultimate, like, the idea of this guy purchased a Harley in the morning. This is also, by the way, why a motor- I will never get on a motorcycle isn't, sure. isn't just because of him. It's also because my mother broke her arm when I was a little kid on the back. She was on the back of a motorcycle. Oh, wow. And it, it took forever for that to heal. I mean, I still think for her it's harder to pick up stuff with her right arm than it is with her left for that reason. Okay. Um, but it's like – I'm like, okay, well, clearly there's something where motorcycles just don't work in my family. Like like it's not meant for me. I can't. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm really asking for it. Um, and so I, I don't ride motorcycles. But I also was just like, well, he finally got a thing that he wanted to do. There, most people who ride motorcycles don't just buy it because they want a mode of transportation. There's like an inherent freedom to it. Sure. And so, um, you know, four hours later, he wasn't wearing a helmet either. But I don't. I, I mean, who's to say if that really would have changed anything? That I don't. That's like it's one all,
0: of, Yeah, you can't go back. You and can't think go about back on that. Things. Yeah,
1: but I still thought i was just like this is just so sad this is this person who's gone through life with like a lot of pain Mm -hmm. and you know he had to like get veins removed from his leg to be put into his arm so he wouldn't lose his arm after the war because of that grenade and you know i mean and that right there you're gonna lose circulation on your legs like there's just and and obviously he was he was battling addiction um which as we all know if you've been reading the news recently is a very hard thing to beat even when you're like a successful person and uh so there was, like, a lot of pain, and one of the few things that was, like, as close to a safer pleasure as it could get killed him. Yeah. You know? I mean, obviously, there was another person who hit him with a car, but still, it just, like – it was just, like, the ending of a movie almost.
0: There's something, yeah, really, um, con- like, deep about that, a poetic almost. It's, like, it's, a very it's, sad. It's, and it's, Yeah. But it's, like, on this – okay, so that is sad, but it it's almost more meaningful to have something like that than – wouldn't it be like wouldn't it have been sadder if it was something trivial you're like, right like yeah. he's, like he slipped on the stairs or something yeah, i mean it's all very no, no, sad I but, get but no, sometimes but i think this is why i put everything in context of like well th- there's no way to change the past and that's why I, I justify everything that's happened with like well this is where i am and this is where i have to be of course if i was given a magic ticket to change one thing i would be like okay yes, yes i got it sure but also sometimes it helps me to be like well, if I look at everything else that could have happened, I suppose there's other things that would have given me pain.
1: Well, I also look at it as like uh, – no, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I, I do think there's like a, a – and I've never heard it that way before. So th- this is like the first I've ever been – someone's told me like, well, what if it was just like, you know, like you said, like he just fell down some stairs and broke his neck. Oh, that That is like a, a thing where you're. St- it's still sad but but it doesn't have like this almost like grandiosity to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, And then – I realized also, though, like knowing what was wrong at the time, because, you know, one of the things you're always thinking back on is like, well, I was I wasn't raised in a traditional family household, which ended up being such a gift because Mm -hmm. I was raised with no male influence in my life. And it let me enjoy certain things because no one in the house was like. I like, look, just w- why we're here talking right now is because somebody else's brother, a guy, told me it's not okay to cry. Right. I was never told it's not okay to cry in my house. No one ever said that. But once the outside world started playing into that more, it affected that. And so I don't know if I was, by popular standards, an actual crybaby you know what i mean I like mean, it, all
0: babies are kind of cry yeah babies. yeah well
1: not as a baby i mean as a as like an eight-year-old
0: that's also a thing people do to control you i feel like adults who can't take care of, or not can't take care of kids, but they feel like i have no control this kid keeps crying i'll call it a name and maybe it'll yeah, stop and yeah. it's like well that baby is probably crying because it needs something so right. will we'll try giving it the thing and with then, yes and yeah. in the case
1: of that was definitely what was happening that was pure projection but with the family that was calling me that I think that is just cruel, and it, but yeah. the way they were doing it, I don't know. It's weird when you say it in a different language. Does it diffuse it a little? Because you know, I didn't, I didn't register it the same way as I did Crybaby, but I still thought, I still, it still didn't feel great. No, and yeah, it
0: doesn't feel. I had that with Blabbermouth. But someone in my school used to always call me Blabbermouth because I talked a lot, which I did, but. She really talked a lot, so in hindsight, I'm like, oh, that's probably uh, why she was insecure. Yeah. But she called it so me blabbermouth so much that I was like, I'm not a blabbermouth. I'm not a blabbermouth. And she's like, well, prove it. Don't talk for a whole day. And I did it. And I was so like in my mind, like just like I'm gonna not talk. And then afterwards, mm. she was like, whatever, I don't care. And then yeah, I was that's
1: like, all can, they can. That She just
0: didn't even care. I didn't. I thought everything would be magical, and but she. She did care. Well, that's the thing. It made me realize, like. Oh, this is about her, not about me. Yes. She went <laughs> She went
1: home and was furious that you actually went through with it. Yeah. And it still haunts her to this day. I promise <laughs> you. it's uh, People will remember that shit and internalize
0: it. And now it. I talk for a living. so Yeah, exactly.
1: So it's like now she's really pissed off because she's like, well, I could do that. I just don't want to. Can
0: Would- you cry on command?
1: No, not n- – no. But there was a period. So another – I wish I could. I really wish I could. <laughs> but I – in the past two years, um, maybe even longer than that, I would say like three years. But but anytime I have a big breakup, mm-hmm. that does lead, I can cry from that, which is.
0: Sure.
1: W- but before it was a little more controlled. Like I could I could hold on to it and then release it when I'm alone in my room or something. That sounds like I'm like sneaking to jerk off. Like, <laughs> when I was alone in my room. <laughs> but crying
0: is a lot uh, like jerking off. It, 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 it's there a is release. A, yes. And it releases endorphins when you're done Exactly.
1: Crying. Yeah. And then, but after my more recent breakup, I actually did like. Um, go to my I like I would on my at work, I would like go to my car for a little bit to cry. And yeah. I would I would I would uh I remember I like had to leave. I went to go see there was like a movie marathon that my friend went to that he took me to and I had to leave after two movies because like, you know, I gotta go. This it's too fresh. And uh and so at that point and that also that was where I had to really be careful. I'm like, well, I can't have certain things trigger this. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't listen. I like took a break from listening to specific podcasts that were like advice shows or oh, stuff sure. about romance or anything like that if i knew that that was coming um and then i and then the one place so in therapy i talked about this a lot mm-hmm. and because she was like well what is it that's making you cry about say the stuff with your father because she she wasn't sure if there was like unresolved stuff there which yeah. i mean there could be i mean no there is but but it's <laughs> it's like um it's not unresolved so much as like it's it's less about him actually not being in my life and more about like not growing up in traditional households, which yeah. I, which again, I like now attribute to well, you feel
0: different. You feel the gaps, yes. even though your experience is just as valid because there's a standard, it starts to make you question right. if you missed out on something. And
1: none of my closest friends, I mean, my best friend also came from a single mother household. And when he was overseas in the Marines during college, I had another friend that I became very close with who also came from a single mother household. So I do think there's like a... Um, there's like some sort of something there like a, like a bond sure. but and like you said i do, I do that think that you
0: respect women and yes yeah
1: well my my one not my current therapist but a, a few years ago a, i was seeing a therapist who did have a theory that she's like this is untested but cuz cuz you know i was my my best 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 friend who's like my big brother is um is a guy but a lot of my friends tend to be female and she mm-hmm. said she's like well you're probably just more comfortable because you grew up in a household with to women, sure. so you're gonna know how to read the room better. You're gonna be more comfortable. I do think there's truth to that. There's
0: something also on the opposite end of that because it sounds like you and your mom got along and you were close.
1: Yeah, we still are. But we talk I, every day.
0: yeah, so I grew up in a two parent household. But my mom. I'm so sorry to hear I, that. I'm, just <laughs> I'm so sorry. But like my mom, who I do love, obviously I love her, but like she is a source of a lot of my issues, and mm-hmm. um, and what, is just a very volatile person, and so. I tend to get along better with men, because I think in my mind I've antagonized women because she was supposed to be my source of safety. Right. Uh, oh, but that's uh, but the reason I cried a lot was because I would feel insecure, unsafe, and then she wouldn't. She would be the reason I was crying, but then she, instead of comfort, comforting me, she would make it worse. Oh, and so it's wow. weird even talking about this because yeah. my therapist has told me many times, and it, it makes me more sad when I think about it. Even though I'm like, eh, I'm not that sad about it now. But just the way she phrases it, like you were a child looking for safety, mm-hmm, and your source mm-hmm. of safety was hurting you, and <sighs> I was like, "Yeah, that's true. Yeah, had no safety." So, so
1: yeah, <laughs> so going. Go.
0: <laughs> so that's why I'm like I feel safe with men, even though like I, I I'm I don't even know if this it affects my sexuality, but I'm like I'm much more attracted to women, but like women tend to feel like this thing that's far away from me that I can like it's hard for me to feel safe like with them right. because they always hurt. like in my mind, I know it's not true. Obviously I sound like a misogynist. I, I have a lot of <laughs> female friends. I love women, but just like my default growing up has always been like, Oh, they're going to like betray me because my, right. My, my
1: mom. I, I, I would say there's a societal aspect to that too, with where society does condition women to turn around. Oh, sure. like, know, so
0: uh, frailty. Thy name is well, women. Y-
1: yeah. Woman. I mean, I'm sure compounded it, it, it compounds <laughs> it. I should say, um, but I also think the inverse of that happened to me, where like I never watch sports. Mm-hmm. I have kind of a, a, I mean, I I think I have masculine traits, but I do think there's a lot of aspects of things that I like that are typically attributed as like feminine things. And well, obviously, we've talked about this. I like love pop music. Mm-hmm. Huge Ariana fan big fan but just as an I mean in general I'm like very unapologetic Ariana,
0: though even though she's very feminine has masculine energy
1: well yeah she's a Scorpio isn't that a... no she's not oh, oh no she's a, she's, she's a Cancer she's a Cancer but she
0: that. feels like a Scorpio but that makes sense because Pete is a Scorpio anyway oh yeah
1: Pete's a is Scorpio a, yeah yeah but
0: doesn't she kind of like her song her her musical persona feels like a Scorpio that's why I wonder if she's yes. a Scorpio in her I, sign I, somewhere I
1: mean look I just defaulted to it and then I remembered even though I yeah. knew she was a Cancer I was like yeah she's a Scorpio she um, feels
0: like a, but maybe her moon or something is like, a Scorpio. a
1: yeah we should the charts the charts out there hey folks. write
0: the podcast yeah, if you guys send know that chart
1: over um i uh but i mean you know so there's astrology pop music like even dancing even though plenty yeah. of men do it i mean there's still like a lot of associations with those I mean, things dancing
0: probably originated with men as a way to like attract females right
1: probably I, if it didn't i mean if,
0: it's, like the, I, it's like the nature's way uh mating call
1: yeah well is it
0: Yeah, You see a guy dancing, and you're like, "Ooh, sexy!" It's it's our mating call, as far as I'm concerned.
1: (laughs) It's everybody else's mating call in this little. If if you haven't, if by the way, if people don't know, listening to the podcast, Teresa and I have made two dance videos together.
0: Oh yeah, it is, but please, we are trying to mate. So yeah, (laughs) so you can we put it out to the world. You can
1: catch it on Instagram and get at get at us. That's our that's our that's the name of our dance troupe. It's the mates. The mates.
0: That's a good
1: name. It is actually a good, um, and so I. I think a lot of those things, it's funny that I've come to embrace them more in the past mm-hmm. few years. Even like what's funny is I always thought it was funny that, and I've I've recently gotten into it an absurd amount, but I think that like it's funny that even wearing pink was always seen as like a thing that's like, well, that's a guy who's standing out because he's wearing pink. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I fucking love pink. It compliments me so well. I'm wearing it right now as we it's speak. A color. But like, it, It's a comforting yeah, color. It is a comforting color, but like specifically for my palette mm-hmm. you know like it's a win- it's part of like a winter color i believe the the like soft pink is and okay. so i was kind of like yeah i started i own like is it it feels things. spring to me i feel like particularly there's like a soft pink that does work in the oh winter sure
0: spectrum. like a like a cottontail rabbit running through the snow yes just like, like a little a, pink paws like yeah just, just <laughs>
1: cutting across the uh-huh. smooth white snow <laughs> i just want to say that in like a very uh like coast
0: 103 do do White rabbits turn brown in the winter, or do white rabbits just die and then brown rabbits are born in the spring?
1: This is a great question for someone else. (laughs) I wish I could answer that. But TBH, do not know. Uh, Yeah, so, but but I do believe, so one thing I've been trying to go back to, I just didn't want to forget it, and I think it's like, is when you were talking about, like, attaching meaning to things, I do think, I'm like, well, I could have lived anywhere, Mm -hmm. and yet I decided to do comedy in Los Angeles, where my dad died. Like I could have moved to New York. I could have moved to Chicago. I could have moved to Portland. I could have moved to any other city or I could have just stayed in Florida. But I came out here and it turned out that there was a lot of places that I've been to that he was around and – and I got to go see his his grave, which was the first time I saw it. Was like, well, where his ashes are kept, mm-hmm. um, in a in a cemetery and inside a columbarium with the rest of his family, who's like his parents and stuff mm-hmm. are also there now. So I got to see everybody. Oh wow! And I was like, well, there was so much pain there. I don't know if it would have been healthy for me to know. Like, who knows what kind of issues would have came out of him having him in my life? Don't get me wrong; it, right. it could have been great. So I'm not gonna say that it's a bad thing, but like, this was the way it was supposed to happen because it's informed a lot of my growth for the better and right. i think also meeting him now is the most i can handle it like i i thought about that i was like if this happened in my 20s while i was like first starting comedy i don't know if i would have handled this well yeah or i i probably would have just detached sure in in a way that i wouldn't want to know more and i right. wanted to know as much as possible and then my mom came to visit me a few months later and we went together and it was a completely different experience it was like I I didn't cry at all. It was like I I it, there was like so much joy to see her mm-hmm. finally cuz it was her first time going there. Wow, and she obviously—I mean, it's been so many years—and she's already resolved all those things. So she was just like, "He's in such a beautiful place. This is such a beautiful cemetery. Like, oh, that's I'm nice. so yeah. So for her, it was very. She just looked at where he was. She—I remember her looking at the plaque where his where his ashes are, and she's like, "This is so beautiful. This is in such a wonderful place. This is so Aww. great. And yeah, and it was. She wasn't emotional at all, and it made me feel not emotional. So it.
0: it I think that's exactly. But you hit on exactly what crying is by nature designed to do, which is to as you be used as a warning to help us stay away from. Pain, painful experiences in the future, because we yes. know what's past, and also to move on. So I think yeah. that's why it's so important not to stifle things, because like it sounds like you got it out. You uh-huh. can always go back, and I'm sure that some of those memories are still painful. And if you're in the ro- right mood, maybe you can sit and get deep in it. Yeah. But also on a day to day, you're able to like continue on because you like dealt with it.
1: Yes, and I, I do think one of the things I've been thinking about a lot with that is mm-hmm. the idea of like. It's you know there's like a lot of ideas of letting go and forgiveness and and I don't know if these apply to this, but i'm I think a lot about that, and I'm like, well, I think the key is more to just moving on, yeah the other part i think I think those two other parts um they work themselves out, sure, and so I realize i'm like okay i can I can feel bad for this, but still go forward.
0: The secret is that if as long as you're alive you you will go on, things will go on no matter how bad things are and yeah. that's kind of what's helped me get through the last few years is like when something really bad happens you're like okay well unless i leave which you shouldn't do or whatever like unless i'm gone then by nature my day will continue and things around me will continue yeah, so the, the I, way- I should i should at some point get back up and move otherwise i will have a lesser quality version of moving on.
1: Yes, Queen, go on. Right? Love no, I, don't it. Know, I don't know. I love, I no, mean, no I think that's. I think that's right, and I think it's also like. Um... The idea, the, the way I always talk myself down from those things is, I'm like, well, look, yeah, like I'm 33 now in mm-hmm. my in my Jesus year, and I oh, was wow. like, yeah, I'm, and then let me tell you, I'm
0: feeling <laughs> so divine, and then um, it's the Aquarius moon, it oh is, so much happening.
1: This is this is like a big year for Aquarius. The big theme is rebirth. Wow, and it's true. I even I when I had my aura photographs, the rebirth. first, yeah. The, I remember when I had my aura photographed, if you guys don't know what that is, look up aura photography, um, <laughs> there was like a, a lion right over my head and he said, this always signifies rebirth. And I was wow. like, oh boy, this is the that's year. Cool. But um, the what you were saying, I think that's entirely true. And I think that the thought I always have to kind of talk myself down from those things is I'm 33, I went 32 years not feeling this way about a feeling. Mm-hmm. So I can go another thirty-two or thirty-three years not feeling that. You know what I mean? Like, right. the, like you can you can remember that there was a point you didn't feel this thing. Just because you have the knowledge of it now doesn't mm-hmm. mean that it's going to stay there. So that's and that's what crying helps with.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. Oh, thanks, man. Oh, I'm gonna cry.
1: I <laughs> I'm getting so misty-eyed right now.
0: Aw. well, thank you so much for sharing that. Thank
1: you. Thank you for letting me come on here and talk about. it. I've never talked about this before. I'm
0: really excited about this episode. I, yeah, crying something I I love talking about.
1: I think it's – yeah, and I want people to be more – and and again, we're going back to like a thing of like a masculine trait. I'm like it's it's a thing that guys shouldn't – I still think that's still attached to men.
0: Yeah, but I think it's – It's again, it's an insecurity thing. I think a lot of men who want to cry are afraid they'll start crying. So maybe yes. they're like, well, I don't want to see you cry. If, if you cry, then I'll cry. Yeah. So you better not fucking cry. Yeah, yeah,
1: so we'll just fucking jerk off until, uh, it, yeah, so, just jerk until off. it falls off.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> we sweat. We don't cry. Yeah, exactly. Um.
1: where do we go from there
0: how can people find you
1: um at eli olsberg on all the socials and um yeah that's that's or um or you host
0: a monthly show
1: hire a pi Oh, um, happy Uh Yes, I host a monthly show at the Pleasure Chest in West Hollywood, second Tuesday of every month. If, so if you're in Los Angeles listening to this, come on out. Teresa just did it; she had a it's great so set. Yeah, it was a really fun show,
0: full of dildos all and, around.
1: Yep, it's in a sex shop, and <laughs> they will give you a discount if you decide to buy anything. So uh-huh. laugh and then get some more release with some products in the Pleasure Chest. <laughs>
0: Thanks for coming on. You guys Thank can follow you. this podcast at Tell Me Pod on Instagram and email me at tellmeanythingpod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to You Can Tell Me Anything. You Can Tell Me Anything is a comedic podcast created and produced by Teresa Lee on the Hoo-Ha-Ha Podcast Network. The Hoo-Ha-Ha team is Ashley McAtee, Audrey Povar, Maggie Wheat Austin, Cardi Assad, and Stephanie Binot. The theme song for this podcast was created by Cody Johnston. The outro music was written by Shipwreck Sailor. And the Hoo-Ha-Ha app can be found in the Apple Store to stream your favorite comedy series and laugh-out-loud podcasts by the funniest woman in comedy. To contact this podcast specifically, you can email tellmeanythingpod at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram at tellmeanythingpod. Thank you.